sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM all across the SportsGrid network as well, including sportsgrid.com slash watch where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything you need all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on this Tuesday morning. It is a wonderful time on the sports calendar. Playoff action around the sports landscape. In the NBA, two games last night in the Stanley Cup postseason beginning yesterday evening as well with a quadruple header that featured a few games even heading into overtime. Because what is more anxious than playoff hockey? Overtime playoff hockey a ton to get to here today on the morning after we bring you up until 11 a.m eastern time over the span of these next two hours we start in the association the nightcap of our two games last night the northern california contest in sacramento between the kings and the warriors after sacramento took game number one late on a saturday evening 126 123 there was still an expectation that golden state despite being one of the worst road teams all year long would have that resolve would have that bounce back opportunity last night in game number two in sacramento well it turns out if you lost 30 road games in the regular season that winning one of even two road games to start off the playoffs is a much harder task than it may appear as sacramento takes game number two as well the kings into the playoffs for the first time in nearly two decades 17 years now have a two nothing series lead over the reigning nba champions and the doves were booked as a two-point road favorite despite sacramento taking game number one on saturday night booked as a slight favorite golden state opened as the favorite and the line even worked in favor of the dubs prior to tip but the kings went out right 114 106 now 19 and 13 against the number this year is sacramento as an underdog golden state as a road favorite eight and 14 straight up when they've been favored to at least win a basketball game outright away from San Francisco, even still in Northern California, 8-14 straight up this year for Golden State. Steph Curry had to lead the way for the Warriors, as we'll detail here in just a minute. But De'Aaron Fox, sensational once again for Sacramento. 38 points in the first game, 29 of them coming in the second half. His 38 for Fox in that game, number one, his playoff debut, the second most ever in a playoff debut in NBA history. Malik Monk scored 32 points in game number one. His Kentucky brethren, that of De'Aaron Fox, he adds in 18 more off the bench in game number two. But this game was 
incredibly tight. Tied under five and a half minutes remaining with just over seven minutes remaining. Draymond Green was ejected from the game, something we have said in postseasons past around the association. It looked at just over the seven-minute mark as DeMontis Sabonis fell to the ground that he grabbed Draymond Green's ankle. But Draymond Green escaped the grab of Sabonis and stomped on his chest. He was whistled for a flagrant two and ejected from the basketball game. We will see if there are any further ramifications from the NBA League office for the remainder of this series for Draymond Green. But right now, the Kings hold a 2-0 series lead. We quickly welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of two on the morning after, live right here on this Tuesday. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the Sacramento Kings now hold a 2-0 series lead over the reigning NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. The Kings winning outright at home, 114-106 last night. Like that purple beam high up into the sky for the second time during this playoffs. Davion Mitchell tasked with guarding Steph Curry all around the floor. Hits the game ceiling three-pointer with just under a minute and a half remaining. So here's where things stand right now. Sacramento entered this series as the underdog. That makes sense. Even after the game one victory, Golden State entered game number two as the favorite to even the series and still the favorite to win this series outright. A minus 162 price. But now, after the Kings have grabbed a 2-0 series lead as we head to San Francisco later this week, Sacramento is the favorite to advance to the Western Conference semifinals, a minus 158 number. Game number two last night in Sacramento. Game number two last night out in the Eastern Conference as well in Philadelphia. A low-scoring affair between the Sixers and the Nets, but Philly still capable of covering as a double digit home favorite philly was laying 10 they win by 12 96 84 philadelphia this year 22 15 and 1 against the number brooklyn was an underdog in 16 of their final 24 games in the regular season following the all-star break 0 and 2 against the spread as a dog here in the playoffs 96 84 stays well below the total of 2 12 and a half and what might be even scarier for Brooklyn being down 2 nothing is the idea that last night, Joel Embiid and James Harden combined for just 28 points. Tyrese Maxey was the leading scorer last night for Philadelphia at home, adding in 33. Joel Embiid did have 19 rebounds as well, but JoJo and the Beard only combining for 28, and they still cover as a double-digit favorite. Mikhail Bridges, who had 30 points in game number one, 21 last night for the Brooklyn Nets. Cam Johnson, the leading scorer for Brooklyn. More around the association on the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning app live right here on this Tuesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. After the opening weekend of the NBA playoffs, a doubleheader of game number twos last night. Philadelphia goes up to nothing in its series against the Brooklyn Nets. Sacramento 
takes a 2-0 series lead over the reigning NBA champs in the Golden State Warriors. Plenty more in the variety of game number twos tonight around the association. A triple header and Zach Weiss is live right here on the morning after on this Tuesday to help us break it all down. The host of the Across the Cavs podcast will get into game number two in the land this evening between the Cavaliers and the Knicks. But Zach, we're glad to have you here to go all around the association now that it is playoff time. Yeah, Ben, it's playoff time. We're not sleeping anymore. Staying up till 1, 1.30, seeing some incredible action. I can't wait to dive in and break it down with you this morning. Thanks for having me. Got to stay up late when the purple beam might be high up in the sky in Sacramento, as it has been for each of the first two games between the Kings and the Dubs. But it wasn't such a picture for Milwaukee on Sunday, Zach, in game number one against Miami. Giannis Antetokounmpo exits the game early on in that opening half. And the Bucks, as a nine and a half point home favorite, get upset by the eight seed, the Miami Heat. Now, we're not entirely sure Giannis's status for game number two tomorrow in Milwaukee between the Bucks and the Heat, but we did see Boston on Saturday, Zach, cruise to a one nothing series lead in their series against Atlanta. Yesterday, Boston was the favorite to win the East. Now we have co-favorites, the Bucks and the Celtics once again at a plus 165 number. So, Zach, in your estimation, what is the real reason behind this movement at the top of the Eastern Conference? Yeah, so Boston came in and they just absolutely took it to Atlanta. They were up 30 points by the time we got to halftime. When you're seeing a level like that, I mean, that, that's it right there, right? They, they want to get back. The Bucks just got Chris Middleton back. He had a great performance. He's showing Boston fans that, hey, we could have beaten you guys if we had this guy around last year. And so you look at how things are playing out and how things are going. Giannis went down. They clearly missed him. They played through him. Brooke Lopez was less effective. He was scared of shooting. The rotations were not good outside of, you know, the regulars. Bucks have everything figured out. Or rather, the Bucks don't have everything figured out, rather, while the Celtics are running a beautiful eight-man rotation with Rob Williams being able to play limited minutes and do his jobs so that can preserve him for the more important games down the road. And the Celtics, game number two tonight inside TD Garden. Boston, a minus 2,500 outright series favorite, a 10 and a half point favorite for game number two against Atlanta. Zach, like you mentioned, the Seas were up by 30 at the break. They eventually win by 13 points. Do you anticipate a similar script for game number two tonight inside TD Garden? So just remembering that we're only two years removed from the Hawks going all the way to the conference finals. They still have Trey. They still have Capella. They still got Bogdanovich and DeAndre Hunter. And so many of those key pieces are still around. So I think you have to take the Hawks seriously. I do expect a Celtics win, Ben, but I think this is a good day to go Hawks plus. You know, they're going to be hungry after the last loss. I think Quinn Snyder being here is the best coach they've had in a long time. He's been in the playoffs. He's had a lot of success with first rounds. So I don't expect this to be last year's Hawks who got blown up by Miami the entire series. I don't think it would shock anybody to know that Boston is taking a 2-0 series lead back to Atlanta for game number three. It was a slight surprise on Saturday evening to see the New York Knicks go into Cleveland and pull off a game one upset. The Knicks win a low-scoring affair, 101-97, outright as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Zach, of course, the host of the Across the Cavs podcast, covering the Cleveland Cavaliers with the best of them around the association. So... 
we get ready for game number two this evening. The Cavs still a five-point favorite at home against New York, Zach. What adjustments do you think the Cavaliers will make for game number two? Yeah, so first off, fix that rotation. They were pretty much playing six the entire second half. Allen sat for 16 seconds. Garland sat for 22 seconds, and Mitchell did not come out of the game. Jetty Osman's the only guy they could rely on coming in off the pine. And the good news is, or at least depending on who you're rooting for, is that Josh Hart will not be playing. So someone else has to step up for the Knicks. He's the one who had to go ahead three. He was a big part of the Knicks' 17 offensive rebounds. And if you think, Ben, you're playing seven-foot Evan Mobley, seven-foot Jared Allen, and you're giving up 17 offensive rebounds with both of those guys playing 40 minutes, there's something wrong. So I think it's their first playoff game. Jenny Osman's the only reserve that came to play. Let's remember they have Danny Green, a guy who's been there with the Sixers. He's been there with the Raptors, the Spurs, the Lakers. Such a good career. I think they'd be, they'd be foolish to not play him. And I think if we get some of his minutes, it'll ratchet up the intensity on the defensive end, which is what was missing, giving up those offensive rebounds all night, including those last two minutes of the game where the Knicks pretty much won because of that. Tom Thibodeau loves to play defensive-minded basketball into the postseason. You hold your opponent to under 100, it's generally going to lead to a ton of success. But for Cleveland on Saturday, Zach, Donovan Mitchell led the way for the Cavaliers, 38 points. You mentioned the adjustments throughout the rest of the roster and rotation as well. How does everybody for Cleveland step up tonight? Well, it starts with Darius Garland. When you have a three... You take a three. The man can shoot. He was eligible to be in the three-point shootout coming into the season. Don was incredible. He had seven of those eight assists coming after halftime. Garland had zero for that matter. That's one of the worst assists, the turnover ratios for a recent all-star point guard you'll ever see. They just got to be confident. We know what Don can do. Don can shoot 30, 40, 50 times. He'll get his. But like we know, and we remember, Ben, it kind of felt like the mid-2000s Lakers. Kobe's leading the league in scoring, but they're getting pounced in round one because nobody else can step up around him. Mobley's at 21, Garland's 22, Allen's 24. There's really no youth excuse, though. You bring in a guy like Donovan Mitchell with the expectation that he raises his own game and that of those around him as well. So just be confident and take your shots. When you're open, let it fly. Right? They're getting paid millions of dollars to play the game they love. This is the big stage. This is where you prove the doubters and show that a 50-win season is no fluke. Share the ball in the playoffs, and be confident. For sure. For, for sure. In the playoffs, that offense needs to tick up, certainly, especially after game number one, only mustering up 97 points. The two teams combining for 198 in total under the pregame number of 214. It opened for game number two, Zach, at 213 in a hook on this Tuesday morning, live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is up to 214 points once again. Zach, how does Cleveland register more offense tonight against New York? So Donovan Mitchell, early and often, just stay on the attack, stay on the prowl, do your thing, and then go inside. I was watching the game uh, with some buddies that are rooting for the Knicks, and they're talking about that Jared Allen's playing soft. He doesn't look like the same guy that he was. So just stay aggressive. Get it to your bigs. Evan Mobley, two for seven in the second half. The man was a runner-up for DPOY. Use that to create transition. And lastly, Ben, I think if they rebound, the biggest surprise stat to me was in the second half, Mitchell Robinson was a minus 14, former Cavs big man Isaiah Hartenstein. Love to see him succeeding, but not against the Cavs was a plus eight. 
That's a 22-point swing from your backup centers. And might I just finish that with Hardenstein played nine minutes. So there's a 22-point swing in the nine minutes Mitchell Robinson's on the bench. When New York goes to their reserves without Josh Hart tonight, attack them, be aggressive, and you can't let them dominate that battle. We saw a ton of upsets in game number ones around the NBA playoffs, including in Phoenix between the Suns and the Clippers. Zach, only about 30 seconds left in this segment. What do you anticipate for game number two tonight out in the Valley? So I'll say I don't believe it was an upset. I had the Clippers coming into this series as the ones to win. I think I got the Clippers again. I'll go plus seven on this. Be safe, you know, in case. Cover my losses. I think Russ is going to be great defensively, and as long as Kawhi's on the court, you can't beat the Cyborg. He's unstoppable right now. 38 points. The line has moved to eight and a half in favor of Phoenix. We'll see what we get tonight out in the desert. Zach Weiss from Across the Cavs podcast. We appreciate your time as always. More of the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Tuesday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Yes, it is a huge time in the playoffs in both the NBA and now on the ice in the NHL. But the National Football League offseason continues to churn as well. Nine days away from the start of the 2023 NFL draft and where quarterbacks are going to be a focus in Kansas City quarterbacks a focus in this offseason as well history in the National Football League yesterday as the Philadelphia Eagles and their quarterback Jalen Hurts agreed to a five-year 255 million dollar extension making Hurts the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. Annual average value of that contract, $51 million. It's what makes Hertz the highest paid player ever in the history of the NFL. $179.3 million guaranteed in that contract as well. Jalen Hurts in his second year in the National Football League wowed people into his time, but even leading Philadelphia to the postseason was not necessarily enough to convince Eagles backers he was their quarterback of the future. But in year number three, Jalen Hurts leads Philadelphia to a Super Bowl, a historic performance, a record-setting performance in that Super Bowl, and Jalen Hurts guarantees himself a bag this offseason. We'll have plenty more as we update the Jalen Hurts contract extension for Philly, what it means for the Birds, what it means for other young quarterbacks in the NFL, and of course what it means for the contract negotiations ongoing between Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. But right now, we welcome in our good friend Dan Lust, one of the co-hosts of Conduct Detrimental alongside Daniel Wallach. Dan Lust joins us here live on this Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Dan, thank you as always for taking some time to join us here on TMA. My pleasure. I feel like uh, we're kind of scintillating with football news here as we get to the draft. We have Jackson. We have the Commanders. we got a lot of stuff on the docket. We have a lot of things on the docket. The NFL always remains front 
of mind. So, Dan, like you mentioned, late last week we got the notice and the report that Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, had agreed in principle to a sale of the franchise for just north of $6 billion to a group led by Josh Harris, one of the co-owners of the Philadelphia 76ers. And in that ownership group, it included Magic Johnson. Although, Dan, he agreed in principle, that being Daniel Snyder, the deal has not been finalized. In your estimation, what steps need to occur, uh, to occur for this deal to be certainly done? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people uh, popping the champagne and whatnot. I think we know at this stage that a deal will be done. It's a matter of who, really not if. So at this stage, the deal remains kind of non-exclusive. It's opening the kind of invitation for other bidders to step up. Some, uh, such as Jeff Bezos, have kind of bowed out. But I think uh, the owners are meeting, I think it's May 22nd. And up until that time, I, my understanding is that the, the team can still be bid on by outside individuals. So we'll see. I mean, Ben, I saw a story over the weekend that some uh, kind of random guy from the area is trying to throw $7 billion at the team. I, I, I think right. the ink is not yet dry. We'll see. But first step is obviously getting this official deal by the, uh, you know, the Philly group by, by Harris approved. But, uh, you know, we'll see where we'll go from there. And, of course, the league office needs to approve this deal as well to certainly finalize the sale of the Washington Commanders. Now, Daniel Snyder has a ton of legal processes happening, Dan, off the field away from the National Football League, all due to his ownership in the toxic workplace that he constructed as the owner of Washington. As your co-host Daniel Wallach laid out in a tweet, just because he sale, sells the franchise does not mean he just gets to walk off into the sunset with $6 billion in his pocket. How do things progress personally for Daniel Snyder even after the sale of the Washington Commanders is over and done? I mean, that's the, I guess the, the true question here is the kind of the investigation that led this all, right? It's the Mary Jo White investigation that's been going on with the NFL for about a year. That's the sexual assault investigation. That's the skimming tickets, cooking the books. So, you know, if you're, if you're kind of asking around our circles, there's certainly a world where this sale will make that report disappear or no one needs to see it again. But it certainly doesn't kind of purge someone of liability outside of the legal realm. That's why, Ben, you're hearing terms like indemnification being thrown around. So, you know, if you do have an allegation that Dan Steyer is cooking the books, that he's kind of artificially depressed or inflated the value of this team, you're not necessarily out of the water. So my understanding is that the $6 million bid on the books doesn't cover this term indemnification, doesn't protect Dan Steyer from future liability that mm. could result. That's why, again, you know, whether it's the Harris Group or it's somebody else, I, if somebody wants to come to the table with that same $6 million dollars, or 6.5 or 6.25, and they want to offer up full indemnification of Dan Snyder. Indemnification is a term where you will pay someone's legal fees, you will protect them, you will hold them harmless from all future liability. If someone wants to come, right, it's not necessarily the money, right, it's the protection that Dan Snyder is looking for. My understanding is the Harris Group has not offered that, um, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, there's certainly the window still open. You have about, I think, just to give or take about a month left. So by all indications, yeah. someone might do that if that's going to sweeten the pot. According to reports, Daniel Snyder has agreed in principle to that sale to the Josh Harris-led group, $6.05 billion. It would be the richest sale of an American professional sports franchise in history. We thought the world's third richest man, Jeff Bezos, was going to offer up a bid as well. But, Dan, up until this point, he never submitted an offer for the Washington franchise. Why do you think that is? 
He still might. I mean, but but certainly the optics aren't. I mean, people have seen this, right? Snyder buys the team, you know, a group for eight hundred million. Snyder's the head of that, and so people can follow, you know, the, the Commanders, the Redskins history dating back twenty years. They haven't been a successful franchise. You go from eight hundred million to now a valuation close to six billion. Maybe Bezos doesn't want to be the guy that gives Snyder his golden parachute. Maybe that's not good for the brand. Obviously, Bezos can make money in all sorts of different ways. And maybe being a sports owner, right, it's not the most popular man in the room. How many sports owners have that 100% rating? So I don't know what Bezos' ultimate intentions are. Um, but I do, I'm personally pretty surprised just given Bezos' connections to the area, his connections to the Washington yeah. Post, that he's not putting a bid down. But, again, you got a month left here. It's also possible he comes in and wants to be the white knight here and wants to throw money at the situation. So we'll see. I'm, not, I'm certainly not counting it out, really, until that ink is dry, until the NFL signs off, until you have the NFL owners meeting on May 22nd. Really, anybody can enter the fold. May 22nd, a big date to know. The sale has not been finalized. It has not been approved officially by the NFL League office either. As we talk about how does an owner affect the actual results, wins and losses on a football field under Dan Snyder, his 24-year tenure, Washington won just 43% of its games. Prior to that, a lot of people remember the Washington organization for contending for Super Bowl championships. Under the previous ownership, Washington won 60% of their games. Something to keep in mind when you see the win total for the commanders at six and a half for 2023. A quarterback in their division, Dan Lust, paid in a big way, a historic way, Yesterday, Jalen Hurts, a five-year contract extension with the Philadelphia Eagles worth $255 million. 179 of that fully guaranteed. The highest contract making Jalen Hurts the highest paid player, at least on an annual average basis in NFL history. Dan, in your estimation, what precedent does this set for future contract negotiations around the NFL? How about the current negotiation going on right now with Lamar Jackson? Um, my understanding, at least the numbers that have been reported, Lamar Jackson, I think, was offered more money in terms of overall guarantee and overall numbers, maybe not the average annual value, but overall value, overall guaranteed money than what Jalen Hurts got. So if this was after the 2019 season and Lamar Jackson had just won the MVP, maybe that's the market. So um, I, I think if anything, right, good or bad, I think this forces Lamar Jackson to have a kind of cold dose of reality. If the Ravens offered you more money than what Jalen Hurts just got coming off of a Super Bowl appearance, I mean, I, I think this pushes Baltimore and the Ravens closer to, you know, and Lamar closer to a deal. Or, right, you have a scenario where Lamar Jackson is his own agent. He doesn't want to listen to precedent, reason, anything else. And he's still looking at the Deshaun Watson precedent, the one deal on the table that's an 100% guaranteed contract over $200 million. And maybe Lamar says, you know what, I see that Jalen precedent over here. I'm still going to go with, with Deshaun. And, right, you have two cases, right? The second you have a second 100% guaranteed contract, all of a sudden, that is precedent. So I, I think that's what Lamar is looking at. But but certainly, if you're the Ravens, this, this Jalen Hurts deal is a big push in your direction. We heard last September that the Baltimore Ravens, prior to the 2022 NFL season, offered Lamar Jackson a deal with a total lump sum of $250 million that reportedly, this coming from the Ravens franchise, had $200 million in guarantees. There was more upfront for Jalen Hurts protected by injury, but still overall more guaranteed money in this 
rumored contract, a reported contract offer for Lamar Jackson last September than what Jalen Hurts received yesterday. It is very interesting, Dan, to see how these negotiations will affect Lamar Jackson and what it means for Jalen Hurts. Dan, quickly to the NBA, as we are into the playoffs, some news yesterday around the requirements that are needed in terms of playing the actual amount of games to be considered for regular season awards. 65 games is what the NBA is asking to be eligible for awards. We only have 40 seconds left in this segment, but what do you think is the expected impact of making sure NBA players play a certain amount of games to qualify for award consideration? I mean, the expected impact is maybe uh, higher ticket prices, right? You guys not having guys sit out the uh, the end of back-to-backs. I know a lot has been made about, uh, you know, John Morant probably not making an all-NBA team because of his kind of antics. But I think 65 is the right amount, and it kind of, I think last year, Bam, uh, Bam Adebayo had his issues with not playing. So I think it just gives you a clean, objective number. I think it's everyone's benefit. Dan Lust, all around the sports landscape. That's why we appreciate your insight always. Thank you for joining us here on the morning after. More around the National Football League up next on TMF. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A historic day in the National Football League offseason yesterday. Welcome back to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome on SportsGrid's NFL insider, Adam Kaplan, joining us here on the morning after to recap the historic deal, the contract extension for Jalen Hurts, and what it means around the National Football League. Cap, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Tuesday on the morning after. Ben, always glad to be with you on Sports Grid in the morning after. And yeah, look, so the Jalen Hurts deal got done. And this is it was not only a priority, it really sets everything up for them for the future. Hurts is now signed through 2028. Both of their tackles, Lane Johnson signed through 26, Jordan Mailata through 2025. So they've got that for them. Landon Dickerson, one of their starting guards, signed through 2024. Their receivers, A.J. Brown signed through 2026. Devontae Smith through 2024. Plus, he is the fifth-year option through 2025. Dallas Goddard, their tight end who had a breakout season last year through 2025. So, Ben, for the people listening and watching us today, in the NFC East, right, look out for this Eagles offense because it's not going away. It was arguably the NFL's best offense last season. They're going to be great for years to come, and that's how you set this thing up. And that's why the Eagles did it. They wanted certainty for future years, and they've got that now with Jalen Hurts. A five-year, $255 million contract extension, north of $179 million guaranteed, making Jalen Hurts the highest-paid player in National Football League history. Kaplan, you mentioned the idea of when this deal was done. How do you describe the timeline of getting this deal done with Jalen Hurts right now for Philadelphia? Yeah, this is important because talking to Eagles over the years about contracts and contract structure, they like to do these early in the player's career. Yes, Jalen Hurts has had one year left. He still does. It's a one-year, it's a five-year extension with one year left on his deal. So he's now signed through 2028 20, in six years. Joe Banner, the former Eagles president, would tell me that 
they were willing to take on the early risk and doing it this early for the money you talked about, though the guarantees, the real guarantees are smaller than 170. Uh, the full guarantee it's signing though, it's significant enough that they're taking a lot of risk here. They're betting on they're gonna get this one right, that they know this kid is gonna be their quarterback for years to come. He's son of a coach, great character, great connector with his teammates. He's willing to be coached and coached hard. They, Nick Sirianni and his staff coaches up Jalen Hurts very hard. They're on him for stuff and he, he respects them and, and he takes it who he is. They're around him every day. This is really important to them to know who their quarterback is gonna be in the future. And the craziness bet of this story is, why was he drafted in the second round in, in, in 2020? He wasn't drafted to be the starter. They extended Carson Wentz's contract nine months before that, Ben, to be their starter at 32 million a year. And that's 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 a 30 for 30 story. Some other day, you and I will discuss it in the morning after what happened with, with Wentz and the Eagles. But they wanted to know who their quarterback is going to be in the future. And this is the way they set things up. They've done this year after year, year after year. They did this with Donovan McNabb many, many years ago. And you fast forward this now. They're doing it here with Jalen Hurts. A second rounder who, again, was drafted to be a backup quarterback, but who knew he would be their quarterback of the future, but he sure is. The football journey for Jalen Hurts over the last six years will be documented one day in history. Benched in the at the half of the 2017 National Championship game, remains at Alabama, becomes the backup to Tua Tungabailoa, leads the tide to an SEC title game in 2018 after Tua is injured, transfers to Oklahoma, becomes a Heisman finalist, a second-round draft pick in 2020, and even Kaplan, after his second year in the National Football League, leading Philadelphia to a playoff appearance, entering year three last year in 2022. Some still question if he was the future of the franchise for the Eagles, but brings them to Super Bowl 57 and has a record-setting performance in the sport's biggest game. So that's all the past. Now we focus on the future. Entering year number four for Jalen Hurts in this Eagles team, Kaplan, in 2023, what do you think the expectation is now? Yeah, in fact, I, I remember when Farrell and I were talking about the over-under numbers, and I said, take the... I said, not only did I tell them to take the over, it was, I think, nine games. It's still a very good number for for people look at the future numbers. In terms of wins uh, per season, per team, uh, theirs is really good. It's still, I think, very valuable. Now, I think Dallas has closed the gap. They've had a very good offseason. But no one has shown the real ability over the course of a season to stop this Eagles offense. Uh, and they're going to be terrific. And you know what you love about Jalen Hurts? And you just talked about it, how he transferred – from Alabama after getting benched to Oklahoma. His mental toughness. I talked to John D. Filippo, the former Eagles quarterbacks coach who also coached for the Bears and many other teams as quarterbacks coach. He's now a head coach in the USFL. D. Filippo said the thing that he loved about this kid as he gathered information when he was the Bears quarterbacks coaches, how mentally tough he was. How he, by the way, at Oklahoma, he took a lot of hits physically. They didn't have a great offensive line who was there, but how mentally tough he was. And, and you know, Ben, from being an East Coast guy, when you play in Philly, you got to be mentally tough. Ask Ron Jaworski that. Ask Randall Cunningham that. Ask Don McNabb that, and all the quarterbacks who played in Philly. You got to be able. You got to be willing to take the criticism. And this kid has really taken it and done a great job of it. And remember, when he played in 2020, he got thrown in there against Washington. Didn't play very well. No one thought he'd be the Eagles' quarterback. Remember now, the Eagles were on the Deshaun Watson chase. They were involved in it pretty heavy, and then they wound up backing off. And they also had interest in Russell Wilson. But it's funny. Be careful what you wish for. For the guy that they weren't sure about, as you mentioned about uh, a couple years ago, they're sure as heck sure about him. He just went to a Super Bowl.
Certainly so. And in Super Bowl 57 cap, 70 rushing yards for Jalen Hurts, the most ever for a quarterback in a single Super Bowl. Three rushing scores, tying a Super Bowl record. One of three quarterbacks, along with Steve Young and Joe Montana, to combine for 370 scrimmage yards in a Super Bowl as well. Albeit in a losing effort, but a historic performance for Jalen Hurts. But of course, Adam Kaplan, as you well know, it's not just for one individual, but what it means for the rest of the National That's Football right. League. And contract negotiations this offseason between a team and a quarterback have largely focused on Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Cap, in your estimation, how do you believe Jalen Hurts' contract will impact the negotiations between Lamar and the Ravens? Well, Here's the thing, okay, let, and we'll get to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert in a minute, but Lamar Jackson now knows. He sees this deal done, okay? Now, I get Lamar was a first-runner. Hertz was a second-runner. Hertz didn't have a fifth-year option, but he sees this deal. He sees what the full guarantee at signing was. He saw what the total guarantees were, as you mentioned, over $170 million. Uh, he, he knows the Watson deal was fully guaranteed at five-ish or $230 million. No team, okay, no team, Ben, once they give Lamar Jackson, including the Ravens, a fully guaranteed contract to $230 million. No one even close to that. So he now knows that. He knows, and that's why there's been no interest in or very little interest in him. In fact, the Colts are very public about it. They said they were going to do homework on him, and they weren't rolling it out. But Shane Steichen, the, the head coach of the Colts, said they were going to focus on the, the draft and what's in front of them. So, yes, you have that. But Lamar Jackson knows he's not getting anywhere close to what he wants, and he has no leverage right now. So that, that's where that situation is with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Right now, with, we're just nine days away, Kaplan, from the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. When do you think there might be some resolution, if there is any, between Baltimore and Lamar Jackson? Yeah, no, remember one thing with Lamar Jackson. He has not signed his franchise tenor. I know he doesn't have a no-trade clause. By the way, Jalen Hurts got a no-trade clause in his contract. But Correct. to execute any type of trade, he must sign that franchise tenor. So in a sense, he dictates where and where he goes uh there's no timeline for resolution because it's up to lamar jackson in fact right now as one source told me recently goes there's no bridge contract right now now again we're before the draft here you there, there's no timeline okay if he doesn't sign this now this is going to happen but one thing the ravens would like and amongst the reasons why the ravens would like him to sign that franchise standard or get a deal done to get him in yeah. Their offense is going to change here. Yes, it'll still go through the run, but Todd Monken is the new offense coordinator. Greg Roman is no longer there. He's one of the best run game designers of the National Football League. But Todd Monken is more of a pass game developer. Things are going to change here. You, you want you want him in there, Lamar Jackson. O Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, is there. Nelson Aguilar is there. He needs to get used to playing with these guys. So, yeah, you'd like to get him in there. And remember now, yes, it's only April. But you've got the May OTAs. You've got the mandatory camp in June. You'd really like to get Lamar in there by then. But again, there's no resolution on the horizon right now. So, Cap, you mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago. Jalen Hurts drafted in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft. There were two quarterbacks taken in the top 10, three overall. But two quarterbacks will focus on here. At sixth overall, it was Justin Herbert to the L.A. Chargers. And, of course, the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. We anticipate their contract extensions coming down the line here very soon. Following Jalen Hurts' deal yesterday, Cap, what do you think the contract extension is going to look like eventually between the Bengals and Joe Burrow? 
All right, so when you look at Hertz's contract, right? Hertz wanted to beat the average per season. Aaron Rodgers got it just over 50 million. He gets 51 million. If you're Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, okay, you're going to want to get an average per season of over 51 million. Now, the one thing we should mention with Jalen Hurts is, which is really important as it pertains to the other two guys, he had to, to get the 51 million a year. He had to do a five year extension. So, the quarterback deals now are most agents don't want to do five or six year deals. They want to do three or four years. So that's probably something that these, the agents for uh, these guys, Justin Herbert, it's got Justin Schulman from athletes first. You're going to want to do Ben a deal. If you're the agents for these quarterbacks and brothers as well, you're not going to want to do a five or six year deal because you don't want to be tied to the, t the team for that long. And remember with the TV money going, the big money starting in 2023 and the, the salary cap numbers going up and up and up, you're going to want a bigger piece of the pie and not want to be tied to these teams for as long. And obviously you're going to want to beat that 51 million. My, my, my number for Hertz's deal when I started on working on this stuff in January and February was between 50 and 53 million. He got in, he got, he got that number. He got 51 million. Uh, but yeah. the thing is, again, I don't know that mo these agents are going to want to do five-year deals. And that's something they'll probably fight for to do a, 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 a deal. That's not as long. Probably smart for Philadelphia to get Jalen Hurts' contract extension done before that of Joe Burrow with Cincinnati yep. or Justin yep. Herbert for Los Angeles. We'll see what the market looks like then. Joe Burrow went first overall in 2020. Cap, we're focused on who's going to go one of one in 2023. We got a report yesterday that the 2021 Heisman winner out of Alabama, Bryce Young, has canceled his remaining pre-draft visits around the National Football League. So, Adam Kaplan, in your estimation, is that a sign that Bryce Young is a lock to go number one overall to Carolina? Well, look, he, again, he's visited and, and, and visited with, whether it's he's visited to a complex or met with teams before his pro day or met at the combine, that's all in. I don't think that really has much to do with it. But what I've known for weeks and other reporters know as well, he's going number one. Why? The Panthers... They've done all their homework. They've been with him. They know he's a high-class person. The tape is terrific. And my sense is, uh, when you look at this, Ben, they're not worried about that body frame. I know that's an issue for some teams. He's just over 5'10". He's not quite as big physically as we thought or hoped, but he is over 200 pounds. And my sense is, being in front of them, or being in front of him, that it's not an issue for him. He is going to go at number one. But who goes at number two is definitely fascinating. We'll talk more about that next week. Bryce Young now a minus 1,000 favorite to go first overall. Houston wow. picks second. And Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher out of Alabama, is now the favorite to be that second overall pick. Adam Kaplan, thank you very much. I'll see you in Atlantic City in just about a week and a half. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number one, the morning after live right here on this Tuesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday, following a doubleheader of game number twos last night in the NBA. Three more 
game number twos tonight in the association as well. So as you get ready for tonight's game, the Celtics host the Hawks as a 10.5-point favorite. The Cavs host the Knicks as a 5.5-point favorite. And Phoenix looks to avenge its game number one loss as an 8.5-point favorite against the Clippers. You're going to need some insight. You're going to need some information. Information. You're going to need to follow the numbers and all the data sets that we have available here at the Spiz Grizz Network. That's Sports Grid. And you can do that at the Sports Grid app. The newly launched Sports Grid app live right now at the Apple App Store is the ultimate sports betting app companion that you need. All the insights, all the best bets, all the trends to follow for game number twos tonight in the NBA, the playoffs in the Stanley Cup chase as well, or in anything, your favorite sports all around the sports landscape. Make sure to download the Sports Grid app now we wanted to hear from you though about one of the game number twos and one of the series in the western conference between sacramento and golden state we do that now and fade the public so with the kings now holding a two nothing series lead over the reigning nba champion golden state warriors who is actually going to win this series as we get ready for game number three in san francisco later this week that was the question at sports grid tv on twitter who's winning this series outright the kings or the dubs and right now most of the public over 69 percent of the public is choosing sacramento the kings have now flipped to the series favorites a minus 158 number despite being the underdog still entering game number two last night our number two of the morning after is up next live right here on sports grid. 